I'm listening. Thank you. Um, <laughs> three, two, one. Right on top of it, as always, Steve Sipple counting us in there, yep. um, saying thank you to the, the lovely Zoom voice that you can't hear that tells us that's the fancy. It is fancy. We're a high tech operation around here. That's why we're still doing our podcasts over Zoom in our own office, in our home <laughs> offices. Supposed we got to give the people what they want video, video capability. Well, they certainly want more of this face. That's yeah, for sure. No doubt. No doubt. How could you know? Um, it's a Friday afternoon, two forty-five. It's a it's a brisk. What's the temperature right now? It's down about fifteen degrees from yesterday, I think. Yeah, all the way down to like ninety. Yeah, I got eighty-three. Is it drizzling? Eight, eight, is, oh. is it drizzling outside? Not not at my house. It isn't. Not yeah, not up here. It was earlier though. Yeah. Was it? It drizzled. I I went down to Omaha and got my College World Series credential today, and it, it kind of rained on me a little bit driving home. You drive all the way there to get that? Yeah, I just wanted to avoid the crowds. Nice job, Bazzy. Not a big crowd guy. Yeah. So, you know, went in, drove right in, parked, walked, got it. Zipped through the fan area quick and came home. It was a nice little trip. All right. Bought you a That's t-shirt. Cool. When are you heading up there for the games? I'm not real sure yet. Um, I, think our, I think our intrepid part-timer Luke is going up there early part of the tournament. So I'll probably go later on. Once we get into the elimination rounds and the championship, they they save the big dog for the late innings. They save Kevin Cops for the late innings. You're kind of yeah, like dog. You're kind of like Josh Hader a little bit. You're like an overpowering. I got some dog in me. Yeah, I'm all about the throwdown, as Will Bolt <laughs> likes to say. All right, um, all right. We're going to talk about the Big Red Blitz, um, if you don't mind. And um, <laughs> we're going to call it Blitz. Uh, I don't mind. Yeah, blitz pickup. Yeah, yeah, blitz pickup. I, I mentioned that before the podcast, and Sipple cracked up, and I should have saved it for the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> Parker went to Bass. Parker Parker really bit the bullet Her? And, and went to uh, Carney and North Platte. No, he went oh. to North Platte and Broken Bow. He went to North... All right, we're off to a rough one. Um, <laughs> North Platte and Broken Bow, home of the you Bulldogs, see? home of the St. Pat's Irish. Broken Bow, home of the Indians. And you got some individual time with Scott Frost. What was that? What 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 were your takeaways from your trip trips? Yeah, it was interesting. So I, I hit the road early and went out to North Platte. And um, yeah, Wednesday. Frost talked on Wednesday. Yes, on Wednesday for the Big Red Blitz. And um, Frost was out there uh, with Nate Lenzer, who's the new assistant basketball coach. Um, and then Ben Murray, who's the new – uh, associate AD for development. Um, ben Murray had kind of a funny line, you know, development, obviously the biggest thing going there is the, the go big project, $155 million uh, project, but, but Ben's brand new. And so he got up and he said, um, introduce himself and he's from West Virginia and he's just getting here and settled in. And he said, I'm going to tell you about our $155 million facility of, of which we've already raised more than $80 million. And I can confidently tell you that I've had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Pretty funny. But, but for us, it was interesting, you know, I mean, I think it was similar in Kearney later in the day um, for, you know, it's just, a, it was a smaller crowd, I think, than, than Scott Frost is probably typically um, dealing with if he goes out in public and speaks. And so, it was about, I mean, Frost himself, while Greg Sharp, or yeah, while uh, Greg Sharp was talking and the other guys cycled through, 
Ross got up and he said, well, I just counted. And by my count, oh, here's one more coming in. So we're at 121. And, um, and so he, he was pretty loose, you know, he, he, we, he had a little game that he had set up where he'd ask a question of the crowd. And then um, after some responses, then someone would ask him a question and it just sort of went like that for maybe a half hour. And um, it was interesting, you know, had a chance to catch up with him for a few minutes before. Uh, and um, there's just a couple of procedural things we talked about that they're really going to be, we're going to talk about recruiting later, but um, they don't know exactly how the rules recruiting wise are going to work or the class size is going to work this year. And so they're basically planning on having a really small class. He told me maybe down, you know, around 15 high school kids uh, in their, in their 22 recruiting class. Um, we talked about Marquis step. He, they're convinced that steps going to be um, healthy and ready to go when camp starts in, in late July after that foot injury held him out most of the spring. Um, he's confident in, in what his quarterbacks uh, have done this offseason so far. And then, you know, when he was talking with the group, he talked a little bit about uh, name, image, and likeness and the changes that are coming there. And not only the uh, good parts of it, and, and, and it's interesting whether it's the transfer portal or NIL, you know, Frost has sort of uh, somewhat nuanced views about both of them where he acknowledges the parts that the student athletes are really going to benefit from and, and that he likes about both of those sort of arenas. And then also, um, you know, is, is in his mind realistic about some, what some of the pitfalls are or might be. So uh, interesting day all around there. Um, not every day you get to do a radio hit while watching like a, a heron on the North Platte River, which I did uh, before I headed out of town for Broken Bow. So really? Yeah. Really, you saw a heron? Yeah, I, I pulled off. There's a park, like when you go north out of North Platte, I think it's Highway 83. Um, right when you get to the river, there's a, just a, there's a little campground and a park there. So um, I was doing a, a radio hit so right about then, and I had plenty of time, so I just pulled off, and I was sitting there, and there's this big heron, like right down the way. And so watching It's God's that, country and, out there. Yeah, it is. It's God's country. And so then the uh, then a woman and her dog were sort of wading out into the river. So the heron and, and this woman and her dog were sort of, you know, mother nature's battle for real estate. So it was uh, it was quite something. That's a nice drive, too, now from North Platte. Uh, you just got pretty deep there, young man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that'll I, happen out in the Sandhills. You do a little yeah. philosophizing. You get out, out on the, you get out on the open road, you know, and who knows what's going to happen. I can, I'd go get lost in the Sandhills. It was a, a day of, it was a day of reflection. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, how do you feel about Frost? Should, should Frost in his position bypass expressing the qualms he has with the, with the spiral of college football joking um, with, 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 with <laughs> should, should he not uh, maybe, I mean, do you honestly, I mean, that's an honest question. Should he maybe put a cap on the, some of the stuff he says? Well, it caused, I mean, it, there was I a don't think he a, should, by the way. I do not think he should, but I'm interested in your opinion. Yeah, the re, and people that are listening to this probably know this, but Sipple's referring at least in part to a little bit of a dust-up that ensued after the Carney stop, which I wasn't at. Uh, in fact, I didn't know about this until Sipple told me about it at like 10 o'clock or something late, later that night because I was uh, driving. But the... Frost 
was talking about the transfer portal. And the interesting thing is he said essentially the exact same thing in North Platte that he did in Kearney, except for in North Platte, there was one little comment that he didn't make, which was we've had one guy who, you know, transferred from here and then already has transferred from the next place to the next place. And it was a pretty clear, uh, you know, comment directed toward Luke McCaffrey's situation. Um, But the funny thing is, he could have just as easily said they've had two guys do that because Keyshawn Green d- has done the same thing. He left a little before uh, before Luke did, but I don't know, Stipple. I mean, you know, then Christian McCaffrey and Max McCaffrey chimed in on Twitter and all that. Like, I don't – I just didn't – I guess you could take it as being disparaging, but, like, it happened, right? It, ha- it happened. Like, Luke went to Louisville and then he left there and now he's going to Rice. Like – it's not the end of the world. It's not even necessarily a bad thing. There's some columnists out there who might think that means college football is circling the drain, but uh, you you know, like who cares? Like if he ended up in a situation now that he wants to be in more power to him, that's fine. But Nebraska is going to lose guys into the portal and they're going to get guys out of the portal every year. It's just the way it's going to be. And so I didn't think Frost was really like belly aching about it. I just thought oh, I he said what he thought. But I, I do – there's probably a reason why some coaches only talk about the guys they get out of the portal and they don't say anything about the downside of it. Yeah, I think I, I think Frost just has some legitimate concerns about just the, the effect it has on kids' lives uh, and the effect on the sport he loves. Yeah. And I don't think he, I think he has to be a little careful in expressing himself, but not, there's nothing wrong with expressing that. No. Um, and the does. funny thing is, you know, in North Platte, I don't know. I didn't see like, I don't know. I didn't listen to his whole talk in Carney, but like in North Platte, he talked about that, about, you know, there's not nearly enough spots for everybody that transfers and some guys, they think they're going to enter the portal and have 50 schools recruiting them. And it just doesn't happen that way. But then after he talked about sort of the pitfalls of it, he talked about how happy they are to have Chris Kalara back and Samari Ture uh, on the roster and how excited they are about Marquis Stepp getting healthy, obviously a transfer from USC. So, I mean, and then now he couldn't talk about Tyreek Johnson on Wednesday, uh, although it looks like Tyreek Johnson's on campus as of today. Yeah. Uh, He's talking. Do you see the tweet from Tyreek Johnson? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. About uh, NIL. Right. Yeah, he said, any local companies that want to use my social media or want me to do commercials to brand themselves, my DM, then he shared his DM. Or he just yeah. said my DM is open. The, there's been yeah. probably a dozen players that have put that same message on their uh, social media today. Husker I'm going to try players? that too. See if it gets me anything. You want, you're going to put one out, Bass? Yeah. DMs are open if anybody wants to do some advertising. <laughs> Throw your I think that's fine in my line of work. I think we can do that. Make your best so, offer. Yeah. So there's a dozen other Husker athletes that done that? I think so. I've seen a bunch today. Uh, Thomas Fedoni okay. um, was one of them. I can't remember all the others, but, yeah, there's been there's been several. Um, yes. So it's here we go, right? Here we go. Yep. And th- this is part of what – so part of what – Frost laid out as his concern, maybe you would say, about the transfer portal and the name, image, and likeness, you know, sort of coming down the pipe in the next couple of weeks, probably, 
um, is that his 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 thing that he sort of outlined in North Platte was well, you're going to get sit some situations in which a kid might be making some money at the school he's at. You know, the schools don't. The schools can help you maximize your marketability, but the schools aren't negotiating deals on behalf of players or anything like that. It's on the player to go sort of be entrepreneurial and figure it out. And Frost was like, I mean, we don't really have control over how many marketing deals guys are going to get. And so if a player's unhappy with how much money he's making and maybe someone's tampering with him and is in his ear saying you can make more money at our place, then – He's like, you know, you could have kids transfer to try to go make more money somewhere else. And that's just not really something we have any control over, like how much money a guy's going to make while he's right. here. We can help him maximize right. it. And I get that. Like, I totally understand that. It's a fundamental shift in the world of college sports. I understand all that. The flip side of that conversation is people leave jobs to go other places to make more money as a routine matter of opportunity right in the in the working world and so I don't know it's a big change um and Frost also expressed a lot you know he he laid out some of the reasons why he likes NIL and why he thinks Nebraska is going to benefit from it too so I don't think there's I don't think there's clear black and white lines in in what Scott Frost thinks about either of those issues no I don't think there is for a lot of people because you don't know how it's going to look I mean you don't know what it's going to look like so it's hard to it's hard to know for sure how to judge it right now. Yeah, it might, be, it, it might be two or three or four or five years before we really even have any idea what it'll look like. Because obviously like, some stuff's going to happen the first year and there'll be a reaction to that, and maybe an overcorrection, and then maybe back the other way. It might be it might be a ways down the line before we get a true idea of what this, this it's gonna be. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Like, do we cover when a guy signs a deal with a like if he signs a bit if a player he or she signs a big deal with a with uh, some sort of ent- entity like Clorox scrubs or something. I mean, I'm sure that's what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> Lexi's son here for Clorox scrubs. <laughs> Keep your apartment clean. I just stopped at, uh, at a time at the time shop over on O street today to get a new uh, watch band. And yep. I was thinking like maybe uh, Deontay Williams could sign a deal there. And cause you know, he'll clean your clock. Oh, there you go. God, that's good, Parker. Dude, there might be a market. There's the market. Maybe that's maybe we should open a side gig. Like we write all the copy for all these ads for these. For it's these good. Ads. That's a good one. There's a there's a lot of people out there that are have their hands in the pie. You know, I mean, there's people out there that are helping kids sort of like identify their brands, develop it. Like you say, best copyright. I mean, there's a there's a lot of people that are gonna that are gonna help athletes, college athletes, make money and who also are out to make money off of college athletes. Yep. Clean. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> All right. We might um, have to do a podcast someday where we just come up with a bunch of slogans for different athletes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. okay, Baz, you were, you were in GI, right? I was in Grand Island, uh, not far from the, the motherland for me, uh, not far from the motherland for Scott Frost. A little far away from the motherland for Fred Hoiberg, uh, who was speaking there, way far away from the homeland for Travis Fisher, who was also speaking there. Um, yeah, Fred was Fred was Fred. You know, it was pretty it was pretty straightforward, you know, kind of the classic dry humor out of Fred. 
cracked a yeah. joke about wanting to clone himself when all the guys were moving in so he could be so he could be a bunch of places at once and we all laughed at it you know it was it was one of those things but they've they've That's been back fun. to i think the most interesting stuff from fred kind of came in the q a with the fans and and outside of the outside of the media part of it, he talked about um simple you'll like this eduardo andre now weighs 240 pounds uh it's oh, six and came in as a freshman 220 last year and we all saw you know the potential that kid had had and what was yeah. one of the things to say well if he gets a little bigger look out well he's 20 pounds bigger now and he, he looks like it in a couple of the pictures i've seen so i thought that was pretty interesting and he's going to be a guy that that's competing for playing time obviously right off the bat um he also mentioned they're trying to set up a uh an exhibition uh, with a high major opponent, kind of similar to the hurricane exhibition uh, a few years ago when they played Mississippi state uh, down in Starkville uh, when Tim miles was the coach and all the proceeds went to hurricane relief it would be kind of a similar deal this year. They'll have their normal, you know, their, their secret scrimmage, closed door scrimmage. They'll have their exhibition against a, a Wayne state or a UNK or whoever it may be. Then they're also going to have this exhibition against a high major team and, and sell tickets for it. It's open, going to be open to the public and, and proceeds going to charity. So it's, it's going to be fascinating to, to see who that is. Uh, I was told it's going to be a, an, a familiar old rival uh, of Nebraska's, whatever that means. Would it be um, a familiar old alma mater of Fred Hoiberg? Potentially. <laughs> uh, potentially. Uh, there's, a, there's a young man coaching at, coaching at that alma mater right now that was on Fred's staff when Fred was at Iowa State. So we'll <laughs> see what that looks like. But I've also heard that Fred doesn't really have much interest in coaching against his old team either. So we'll see. Now you probably saw a lot of tickets if Nebraska played in Iowa state, especially if you played it in Iowa. And it wouldn't count. I mean, you know, it wouldn't, it wouldn't count, count to your yeah. record, which would maybe be a nice, uh, nice way yeah. to do that for Fred. And also Iowa state went over in the big 12 last year. So it'd be a good exhibition for Nebraska. There you go. Yeah. That make, now it makes sense. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> Um, it sounds like the schedule is going to be out, hopefully going to be done by the end of this month. So in the next couple of weeks, we'll probably, we'll probably know the answer to, to that question and who they're going to be playing. But yeah, I thought the, those are probably the two most in, interesting things that Fred touched on. He talked about, they've only been back to summer workouts for a couple of weeks. Um, Bryce McGowan's as advertised so far, shooting the heck out of the ball. Um, he said, Wilhelm Breidenbach, the other freshman, the other big time freshman in that class is, is rehabbing really well from his meniscus tear and may not need surgery, which would be great news for him, of course, and for Nebraska and has also shot the ball really well, just doing some spot up standstill shooting type stuff. But he said, yeah, it's, he likes the group. It's, they've got that core group of guys back that he really liked last year. And now you're trying to get, integrate those new guys into it. So I think just having the chance to to work out in the summer, which they didn't do last year, of course, with the pandemic and everything, that's going to be pretty big for this team. They needed it really bad last year and they, they didn't get it. And we saw the results of that. They, they won seven games and really didn't play their best basketball until probably the last two, three weeks of the season. So I think just having a, a quote unquote normal summer uh, is going to be really good for them. They've already had gotten off to a, uh, a big start on the recruiting trail uh with official visiting visitors opened up june 1st that first weekend was huge for them with some of the names they brought in a couple more this weekend you know they'll hit the road in july uh, and go out and see guys uh in person so that'll be the next step of it but yeah he said there's been some energy kind of on campus just from having guys having guys visit taking them around you know showing the the hendrix complex showing them pba and 
and bringing guys in there high that are big time guys, Isaac Trout from Grand Island, not being the kind of the obvious name there. And it was kind of funny because Fred got asked about Isaac about three times by the fans. And Fred had, of course, had to say, well, I can't talk about him by, I can't mention any players specifically by NCAA rule, but he yeah, said but there, what are, if there was a skilled six, nine yeah. win right here <laughs> yeah. in town. Is again, that something you can talk about? Again? Yes. I would be interested in that. Uh, uh, and there are a lot of very good players in central Nebraska was, was Fred's <laughs> response to that question. So, yeah, I think, I think, you know, they're in a good spot right now, just, just with everything. I like where the roster's at. I think they like the direction they're going in recruiting. Uh, recruiting will be interesting. They don't have any open scholarships for 2022. Uh, we have to remember that. And they, they obviously they'll, there's always attrition and things like that. So a couple will probably open up, but they're, they're not recruiting a ton of guys or they're not probably looking to add a ton of guys for 2022, just kind of based on what, what, what the roster looks like right now, that could obviously change of course down the road, but it's going to be interesting. It's a lot of 2023s. Uh, that they're looking at. There's obviously some big time 2022 is Isaac Trout. We already mentioned is, is in that group and some others. So we'll see what it looks like. But yeah, I think, I think Fred's a guy that's pretty happy with where things are at with his team right now. It's interesting. Yeah, Ed, I, that, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. go ahead. No. All right, fine. I will. I was talking to Nate Lenzer, um, who's the new, you know, assistant on the basketball staff in North Platte. And he said he's, it was interesting because he told the crowd he said, you know, I, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have taken – he said, I watched every game that Nebraska played last year, and I wouldn't have taken this job if I didn't fully believe in sort of like the arc it was on. Um, but – and then it was interesting when I, I was talking to him before the event, and the thing that he said that I thought was most interesting was just that he's been – I think, what, did he get hired in like April? Yeah, yeah, I think he's been around since April, and so he said <laughs> – you know, he spent a lot of time sort of developing drills and workouts and, and some development stuff with the core group that was returning six guys or so. And he said, what's been really interesting is now in the past 10 days or two weeks, since the rest of the new guys have started to show up, he said, he's one of the things that he's happiest about is he hasn't even really, he said, I haven't really had to teach our new guys the same drills that I taught the incoming guys because that returning six is teaching the new guys all the drills, why they're doing them, how to go through them hard and all that. And so he said, he said, I sort of, I spent a lot of time trying to get the six guys to sort of like, you know, get the hang of how I want them to think about development and, you know, drills to improve their games. But then they in turn have done a really good job of teaching all the, all the new guys as they've come in. So uh, he's, he's, Fred called him when he was hired, he called him the best player development guy that he's ever worked with. And you could sort of, he sort of lit up talking about that, just about the process of being in the gym with those guys and trying to help them get better. Yeah. They, uh, if there's, if there's one thing this team needed, it was probably individual development. When you, you know, you go back and look at the numbers, they needed to get better taking care of the ball, need to get better shooting, obviously. And a lot of the, those shooting issues will get solved by some of the guys they brought in, uh, of course, but, that's stuff that you that you work on figure out in the summer and that's what they're doing now and Fred said we're spending every day in June is fundamental basic skill work footwork you know shot mechanics things like that and then when July gets here they'll do more of the team stuff four on four five on five 
all that sort of stuff. So this month's just about getting the base, which they never did last year. And we saw that with the turnover numbers, with the shooting numbers, especially early in the year. So it's just a deal where the roster's as skilled as it's been since Fred has been here. It's as settled as it's been since Fred's been here. And now they've got a summer where they're not, you know, adding guys up until the middle of May, basically, or having a global pandemic so where they can't get together. It's, it's a normal, this is really the first kind of normal summer slash off season Fred Hoiberg's had since he got here. So it's, I think it's going to be really interesting to see the progress. We'll actually be able to, I think, see progress, what measure progress with this group come fall, because they'll have, there'll be enough guys here that were playing last year that, that will be able to kind of measure them against what they did last year. One other quick note I should mention, um, Fred was asked about Delano Banton, who of course uh, declared for the NBA draft, uh, kept his option open to return to school. Uh, for those that, that watch the, the videos the team puts out on Twitter, Delano's been working out with the team. He's still going through that process. I would expect him to, to be back in Lincoln when school starts. I think this is more of a feedback. What do I need to work on? Excuse me, sort of thing, but just wanted to, to get that tidbit in there that, yeah, Delano's been working out with the team while he's also working on getting feedback uh, from NBA people. Excellent. Simple, where did, where'd you go on the Blitz? Norfolk? I went to, uh, yeah, Norfolk, to the Midtown Event Center. Um, it was pretty cool. It's a, re- it's a new event center. If, you're, if anybody's getting married in Norfolk, that'd be definitely a place you'd want to look. Um, the, I think the floor is marble. Like it's an, it looks like an incredibly expensive floor. (laughs) They brought Um, it in from Italy. I think that's Italian marble. I mean, it looks like matched marble. It's a super nice place. Austin, Greg Austin, Mike Dawson, Matt Davison, uh, Brandon Meyer and Paul Klempa, the, the women's bowling coach were on hand. Paul Klempa, um, national championship coach. Um, has all by the way, Paul Klimpa has all his uh, bowlers back from the national championship team. That's three All Americans. One of those three All Americans was the National Player of the Year. Um, so they're loaded, um, and he's he's very confident. I think you need uh, to bring the bowling column back. I think you need to. Yeah, it's time. Yeah, it's time. The people yeah, are I mean, golden I mean, era of bowling at the University of Nebraska. I, it'd be a little difficult, but I mean, the it would probably have to be a Sunday deal. Um, just to like I, I, the way I used to do it was just kind of a quick column. Um, this hey, this by the way was in the '80s, so was, we're going back a ways. But the, yeah, Lincoln had a huge. It's a, I think it's still a pretty big bowling town. It was certainly a big bowling town back then. You had several guys out on the tour. Um, uh, and, and at least one or two women out on the tour. So yeah, yeah. That's how I started is writing a bowling com. I'd write one again. I love talking to Paul. Uh, Paul's a gem. Paul followed a gem too. He followed a legend in Bill Straub and he talks a lot about that, how it was not that easy, but Bill Moose told him to put your own spin on it. So to speak. So to speak, uh, no pun intended for the bowling <laughs> So yeah, see was, that bowling column just writes itself. There, yeah, there was only there was probably, I think I counted thirty-seven people, you know, give or take. Um, so it wasn't a huge crowd, but I don't know. Like, like everybody's talking about the lack of people um, during the Big Red Blitz. I wouldn't have even thought about it um, if I just existed in a vacuum um, and I went 
to Norfolk. I just would have thought oh, it wasn't a big crowd, but it was pretty cool. It was still a good deal. And I think it's, I think it's important that these uh, tours continue to happen. In fact, I would do two a year if you can find two good spots on the calendar. Yeah. It's obviously critically important. Of, yeah. It's obviously, you know, these being at noon or one o'clock and four o'clock on a Wednesday, it's not real easy for people to get away from work or whatever to go to do that. And then we were talking about this in the office yesterday. My, my genius idea was built. They need to have these things in the evening, seven o'clock. You can still do it on a Wednesday, do it seven o'clock or whatever. And then you have Bill Moose do a radio ad, do a TV ad, do a Facebook hit where he says, I've bought a keg for each of our stops. And I'd like you to come have a drink on me and listen to our coaches as they get out to meet you. And you, you probably solve your attendance problems real quick. Uh, yeah. And, and it could be a prelude to have an alcohol at PBA Haymarket and maybe eventually Memorial Stadium. I'm telling so, you. Yeah. So there you go. That's not that's not bad marketing. In your marketing department, you can send that check to Chris Bassnett. Um, that's B-A-S-N-E-T-T. Yes. Okay. Of the Journal Star. Um, but yeah, I or just have it on a weekend. You know, one year they had a whistle stop tour, which was actually pretty cool. Um, they were on a train that was ripping through Nebraska and they would stop like in Grand Island. Um, it's, I went to the one in Grand Island and there were a lot, there was actually quite a few, I mean, it was probably 200 people at that. Uh, Bo Pelini was there and uh, that big fullback bass that used to play Schlesinger was there. It was actually yeah. pretty cool. Um, that fullback a, named Schlesinger, maybe you've heard of him. Saturday. Yeah, it was, it was, this was on a Saturday. So it was yeah. different. That was a Saturday morning. Do you imagine so maybe, Moose conducting a train through Nebraska? I can't can imagine. Yeah, I can, I can absolutely. Imagine. He'd be like an 1800s politician. He'd be yeah. like standing oh, yeah. in front of the locomotive. Yep. Yeah. You so could go, you go back to the caboose to like, ha he'd have his desk back there and you could go back oh. there to like. You know, interestingly, I noticed something in the, in the world that you don't see cabooses anymore. I, I, I frequently Truth. get caught. I get caught at that uh, that uh, crossing at Thirty Third and near Cornhusker all the time. And I always see there's no cabooses. You don't see it's them. Different, it's a different world, Sip. The world's changing. Yeah. It's yeah. a local on each world. Yeah. I wonder where all the cabooses are now. Where have all the cabooses gone? <laughs> Just a big junkyard of cabooses. Somewhere. Just a caboose graveyard. <laughs> Like a grave right by the Cadillac Ranch. Oh, there it is. <laughs> there it yeah. is. Three fifteen now. It's three fifteen. We get a little football talk in here quick. Uh, yeah, football team done a couple of commits uh, recently: a quarterback and a uh, running back. Uh, two yes. positions of need. Um, Richard Torres, your quarterback out of Tejas, six foot six, uh, kind of a kind of a, a galloper, you might say, Had a long oh. stride. Yeah. Uh, Picked up a picked up a running back yesterday, Ashton. I'm going to forget his Hayes, last name. Ashton Hayes, Hayes. Ashton Hayes out of Nevada. Uh, again, uh, pass catching type can do it all. Sort of back, dual threat back. And, and Parker, what what do you know about those two guys? Yeah, Richard Torres, uh, otherwise known as Richie Rich. Um, like you say, Baz. I mean, big arm. He's he's a tall kid. He's he he looks. You know, when he was on his visit, he looked really thin. I mean, he's just a tall, lanky kid but he weighs north of 200 pounds already. And his coach, Ricky Locke told me that, you know, by the time he gets a year in a college weight program, he's probably going to be six, six or six, seven and 
235, 240 pounds. So he's a, he's just a big kid. He's got pretty serious arm talent. Just, I don't know, you know, people call him raw and, and, and that's what it looks like. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's that, or if it's just, he's running around a lot. You know, he, he played behind an offensive line that, that he had guys running at him a lot um, at Southside. So I'll be interested to see if his game looks different. He takes pride in making plays outside the pocket. So that's definitely part of his game, but um, second year in a row, Nebraska's ended up with a big, tall quarterback, him and, and Heinrich Harburg certainly are going to be physically imposing kids. Harburg, by the way, um, I heard this week was, is now got to campus at, at 195 and now is six, five and two eighteen. Um, so we saw him at Friday night lights camp a couple of weeks ago and he, he looked like he'd put on good weight and, and he has, uh, yeah. And then, and then Ashton Hayes, uh, yesterday, uh, committed, he put up insane numbers when he was a sophomore in high school out in Reno, he had 20, almost 2,800 total yards of offense as a sophomore, uh, and then ran for essentially 140 yards a game in a shortened season uh, last year. Nebraska's been on him for a while. You know, it, it wasn't – I don't think a lot of people knew. I certainly didn't until the last couple of weeks, you know, how how seriously Nebraska was after him and, and frankly, how serious his interest in Nebraska was. But an official visit uh, last weekend sort of sealed the deal, and, and he verbally committed last night. So he's that kind of – find this really interesting. You know, he's a, he's a, he's a fast guy. Um, he's 5'11 and 180. He's not, he's not a big back. He's not Jacques Yant or, or even, even Gabe Irvin, but um, he's sort of that change of pace, um, you know, more of a speed, speed back. And, and Ryan held, you know, he said the film that he watched with Ryan held was mostly um, Wondell Robinson and Maurice Washington got, you know, Maurice Washington was a running back that could play some receiver. Wandale, obviously, a receiver that could play running back. Um, that's kind of how they see him. You know, he's a he's a little bit of a Will Nixon type, even though we haven't seen Will Nixon because of of, of injuries so far. Um, but he's a guy that they think can do a lot of different things. And um, so they're up to five uh, in the class. Four of them, four of those kids: um, Hayes, Torres, and uh, Chase Androff. Uh, have all committed uh, this month. So three of the five, I guess, have committed this month already. And then, you know, to go along with the other receiver, Victor Jones and um, the linebacker from, from Columbus, Ernest Hausman. So uh, class is coming together quick. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more in the boat um, this week or this weekend, um, maybe at least one more or two more, and, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But it's really interesting. I mean, when you think about five guys in the class, I mean, they might be targeting only hitting 15 for the year, high school wise. So they're, you know, five is sort of the rough equivalent of more like eight or nine uh, when you're talking about, um, you know, percentage of spots in the class that are, that are already full at this point. Tonight. Tonight. <laughs> so what is happening tonight? Tonight, tonight. It's great for smashing pumpkins song. Yeah. Tonight, uh, tonight is the second Friday night lights camp of the month. Um, and there's going to be some interesting guys there, including uh, a very young quarterback named Dylan Rayola. He's a 2024 uh, prospect. And if the name sounds familiar, that's because it's Dominic Rayola's son. So we can all feel very old on the one hand. And then on the other hand, um, 
one of the most talented quarterbacks that's play that, that will have been at this camp in, in several years. Um, he's already got offers from Georgia and from Washington state. He's garnering interest from pretty much all the heavy hitters in college football. He's thrown, I talked to Dom uh, last, last weekend and um, Dylan rail is already thrown for Texas. And that's right near where they live. Uh, he's thrown for Clemson. He's thrown for Alabama. He's thrown for Georgia. Um, he's going to Notre Dame and Oklahoma later this month. So, you know, he could have just, he could have just thrown in a private workout this morning in Nebraska. I wouldn't be surprised if they offer him a scholarship this weekend uh, after they see him could have just done it behind closed doors and done the recruiting barbecue today and gone on their way. But he told his dad, no, Hey, look, if there's going to be a camp out in the stadium under the lights, I want to throw, let's do it. Um, So he's going to be out there tonight uh, slinging it around and it'll be, be a, Interesting to see how it looks. There's going to be a couple, you know, like Ben Bramer, for example, 2023 kid that's already committed to Nebraska, told me he's coming back to, to work out at this one too. And so be a pretty interesting picture, Dylan Rayola throwing to Ben Bramer at the, at the camp tonight. How many fans typically, how many fans have showed up for this? That's 47,000. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know, Sipple. I, I, it's hard to, it's hard to estimate when you're in the, when, when they're sort of scattered through the West stadium like that, maybe like, I don't know what there was at the first one, 500 people, maybe 300, 300 to 500, something like that. I don't, I think in 2019, it was more like 1500. And I, I don't think it was that many two weeks ago, but I really, that's a really rough guess on my part. Uh, Good number. There you go. Yeah, and it'll be right. I, yeah. I think it'll be interesting tonight. I think maybe more interesting than the, than the first one. And then the big man camp is on Saturday from eleven yeah. to two. That's open to the public as well. Um, so I wish you call this podcast is the big man camp. <laughs> <We're not. laughs> I I don't know. No, is that a no? <laughs> okay, okay no, that. never mind. Forget I said that. We have like big it. faces. Um, <laughs> the big face camp, maybe. Um, big face camp. We have big faces. Me and Parker have big faces. Uh, <laughs> All right, we need to wrap this thing up yeah. quicker. <laughs> yeah, we do need to. Wrap so, uh, thanks as always for tuning in. My my son's waking up on the baby monitor here. All right, so I'm gonna go Time grab to go. him. We'll talk to you guys next week, and until then, uh, stay safe. We'll talk to you soon.